Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. On this week's episode, we hear from Pastor Jaina as she starts a new series, Are We an Axe Church? All right, well, today, um, Pastor Chris and I have been praying into kind of this next season for Burning Hearts Church, and we felt really led. The thing that the Lord keeps speaking to us, are we an Acts church? Are we a church like the church in, of Antioch and Acts? Are we like living how Christ showed the New Testament church to live? And so he and I have been reading and just kind of looking at this and trying to answer it for ourselves, for Burning Hearts, and just laying foundation in discipleship school where we work on the curriculum and we tweak some things this year. And in that, these are questions that we ask ourselves and want to make sure we lay a firm foundation of how Christ set up a New Testament church. What does it look like? What does it look like for people to be fully given to God and full of the Holy Spirit and changing nations and changing the world, literally? And so um, as we've been studying it, we're going to kind of go into the next few weeks just talking about different things that we're learning and we feel led to teach on. And so today I'm going to, I know I spoke at Pentecost Sunday about Pentecost and I went into all the Greek and Hebrew and all the festivals and all of that, but today I'm going to talk about just that baptism of the Holy Spirit when they got lit up in Acts 2. And I really am just going for the most practical way. I'm laying out foundation and scripture and it's going to be a lot of notes. If you like to take notes, today is your day. <laughs> Some Sundays I'm not great note taker pastor, but today is your day. There's going to be a lot of scriptures I'll go through and just kind of laying a solid foundation for this teaching. And um, so we're going to start off in Hebrews 6, verses 1 through 3. And it talks about the elementary teachings. He's saying, these are the elementary things that we need to learn. Therefore, we must process beyond the elementary instructions about Christ and move on to maturity. And these are the elementary foundations. Repentance from dead works and faith in God. Teachings about baptisms, plural, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this is what we intend to do if God permits. So these are the elementary teachings he wants us to go on and move on into maturity. As we have water baptism coming up, we love water baptism at this house. If you are new to Burning Hearts, you do not miss Baptism Sunday. It is a celebration. We love to celebrate with people in their public declaration of their faith. It's, we're just agreeing with what's going on in heaven. They got saved and eternity is rejoicing for their salvation. And we also, the other baptism is baptism of the Holy Spirit, which I'm going to talk about today. So both baptisms are needed in the teachings. <clears throat> and um, so Christ received the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, he was, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. He received the Holy Spirit in Matthew 3. He ascended like a dove when he was baptized in water. But I want us to look at um, Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. So there are the three Jewish festivals, which I talked about last time I talked about Pentecost. There's the Passover, there's Pentecost, and there's a feast or the tabernacles. So that's the three feasts that they do, the three celebrations. Passover is kind of the representation of your salvation in Christ. So it's the blood of Jesus. It's remembering the salvation. Pentecost is that outpouring of the Spirit. Pentecost really means penta is five, and cost means to the tenth. So it's 50. 
And then the tabernacle, there was the trumpets, the atonement, and um, the tabernacle. And those three talk about heaven and eternity, that he's coming back, that he's coming to judge us, the atonement, and then eternity with him. And we talked about all of that in Pentecost, how Israel observed it and Jesus fulfilled it. But today I'm going to go back and we're going to talk about Pentecost, that day of Pentecost, in more length and what it looks like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's turn to Acts, and that's kind of where you guys are going to land in the scriptures today, because I'll go through other scriptures, but if you want to turn to Acts 1, we're going to start there. So being a Holy Spirit-driven church is, there's two different things. They came and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. When you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, what? The Holy Spirit is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You received him and his very presence in you. We talk about that on a regular basis. Salvation is the key. It's the open door. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is when it comes in power, and that baptism of power. He talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, like the very presence and power of Jesus coming. In Matthew 3.16 is where Jesus received the Holy Spirit like a dove, and then the promise for that Jesus talked about in Luke 24, verse 49. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. So he gave them a promise and an instruction. He says, stay in the city until you're clothed in power. So let's look at Acts 1, where Jesus is still on the scene. I think it's interesting as I was reviewing this and looking through Acts this last few weeks. In verse 4, this is such a side note. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. So he was hanging out with them. His resurrection Lord, he's hanging out. He'd been eating with them. And this is what he commands. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Go down to verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I thought it was timely of us talking about this today with CMA here. That's exactly what they do. They witness in Fargo. They witness in the Red River Valley. They witness in this whole region of the Midwest, in the nation, and into the world. That's what Jesus is asking. Be my witnesses. We're going to look at the effects of what happened when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. One of them was boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were filled with this radical boldness and to be the witnesses for Jesus. I need more of that. I pray daily, fill me fresh, God. I need to be your witness to the world and fill me afresh for all that you have. <clears throat> but the promise that Jesus talked about is in Luke, I mean, um, that was right there. He's saying, here it is. Now wait for it, and I'm going to bring it. So let's turn to Acts 2, verses 1 through 8. And this is when they're up praying and waiting on what God had asked them to do. Jesus had asked them to stay. So when that day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Turn to verse 7. They were utterly amazed and they asked, aren't these those who are speaking Galileans? 
And then you go down to verse 11, it explains. It says, we hear them declaring wonders of God in our own tongues. All of a sudden, the power of God hit them. Tongues of fires separated on their heads, and 120 out of 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit. All were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues, all. They were all filled that day. And as you continue in Acts 2, the question is asked, what should we do? Verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said, Peter, and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? What are they supposed to do? You know, all were filled. They're all speaking in tongues. They're all, the power and presence of God hit them. And this is the answer. Verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So this promise of being filled with the Holy Spirit is for you, it's for your children. In that day, they're saying it's for you, it's for your children, and for all who are far off. What are we? We're the all who are far off. This is for us today. You know, don't, <laughs> I just want to just lay that as a foundation. This is for us today, for all who are far off. You saw 3,000 filled. They saw 3,000 filled that day with the presence and power of Jesus. Are we an ex church? Do we leave this play at that song about shining? Thank you, Chris. Did you write that? He did. That was a great song. Thank you. I mean, that was just such a good word. Are we shining for him? Are we so undone in his presence? Are we so full of his presence that we go out there and we change the world? Are we all we are the all that he's talking about, all that are far off, filled. So it continues on, where some people think this ended with the apostles. Well, in that day, 120 were filled, and then 3,000 were filled, and now we're going to look in the rest of Acts, and more are filled, and all on to today. All right, so Acts 9, a blind man. The blind man is named Saul, who you know as Paul. <laughs> was filled with the Holy Spirit when Ananias laid his hands on him. He received his sight, and he arose, and he was baptized. It's in Acts 9, 17 and on. Acts 10, Cornelius' household was spontaneously received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when Peter preached the gospel to them, and then they received the Holy Spirit before they were baptized in water. We have systems that we like. This wrecks our systems. You know, Cornelius, the whole household gets saved. And then they're laying hands on him. They're getting filled with the Spirit. And then they go get baptized in water. They spontaneously receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Have any of you ever spontaneously received the gift of the Holy Spirit? I love those testimonies. It just happens sometimes. I have people come in my office. I'm praying in this language. I don't understand. It comes out of my mouth. I'm scared. What does it mean? And I'm like, well, it's cool. And it spontaneously happened to you. It's real. It's in the book. In Acts 8, verses 14 through 18, Peter laid hands on believers who had been baptized, but not yet received the Holy Spirit. And the Christians got saved and received the Holy Spirit. And there were two separate experiences. They were saved, and then they received the Holy Spirit. 
You know, I love in the Acts again and again, it's the gospels preached, then signs and wonders follow. Gospels preached, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. The gospel comes first, and then he moves in power. Acts 8, he laid hands on the believers, and they were baptized. In Acts 19, Paul laid his hands on men who had just been saved, and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. These men told Paul, they said, we have not ever heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit, and yet they received him or filled in power and might. You know, it doesn't matter if we're baby Christians or if we've been serving the Lord forever, we have to have this. We want to see the world change. This is where the power comes. And, you know, I love... Reinhard Bonnke says, he goes, I love a purpose-driven church, but I even love more an Acts church that's driven with power. And I want to be an Acts church that's driven with power and with might. So the difference, um, I just want to just talk about different evidences that they had in Acts that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just speaking in tongues. There were other things that happened immediately after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm going to slowly go through them, but there are five of them. And it's just different ways that the Holy Spirit came upon them and what the response was. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, my greatest evidence, I did speak in tongues, but I was bold. I had been the most shy, introvert person under the planet. And when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changed that day. My parents asked me, who are you? What happened to you? They literally, they just didn't recognize me. They said, what changed in your life? And I explained to him, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're like, oh, I got it. I got it. I was telling Isaac as I was preparing this sermon when I was a little kid, we were part of the Lutheran renewal in the 70s and 80s, and some of you might have been a part of that if you're older, like me. <laughs> and um, I remember in one of the classes, is this funny, like I can remember this as a little kid going to the class on Holy Spirit, and uh, I laughed so hysterically with my friend, but they were talking about salvation, and they had this black water, and then the water turned to white when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then they said, and then you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and she put Elka-Salsa in it. It bubbled up all over, and I was, we just thought it was so funny. I didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit that day because I was probably enamored with the humor of all of that, but it's kind of the same thing. It's a spontaneous bubbling up that we can't not tell about Jesus. This boldness that comes upon us. So in Acts 4.31, it says, After they prayed, <clears throat> the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. That's exactly what happened to me. I literally quit college and went into YWAM and started missions. <laughs> That's what happened to me after that experience. My parents thought I kind of had gone crazy, but you know what? I could not not tell people about Jesus. My life has been so radically changed in that moment. Joy is another evidence. And I love this one. We all need more joy. In Acts 13, verse 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Do you know in the Greek, that word joy and Holy Spirit means they were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I want a continual feeling of joy and the Holy Spirit. I have not tapped into that, you guys. I still have bad days. But somehow, in that presence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, they were literally filled with joy and the Holy Spirit that was continually flowing out of their lives in Acts 13. Let's step into that. 
I'm expectant today. I want all of us to get expectant. Even people who are baptized in the Holy Spirit when you're four years old, today is a day of a fresh touch. So Acts 2, 4 through 11, they were speaking in tongues, both natural and supernatural dialect. So there was a natural tongue, which we just read that in Acts 2, verse 11, where they say, we hear them declaring wonders of God in our own tongues. They actually knew the language that was being spoken. They declared it in their own tongue. Do you know one time we had a, um, uh, it was a word and interpretation, a tongue and interpretation at church here. And our son has been studying Arabic. And the, the word was interpreted, but he came up to me and he said, I want you to know she was speaking Arabic. And she, he said, you know, he just explained what was being said. It was exactly what the interpretation was, but he knew it because of Arabic. It was before Maha joined our congregation. <laughs> but it was a powerful moment for me going, yeah, to us it was a tongue. But to anyone in the room that was Arabic, it was declaring the works of the Lord. The word was about how wondrous and how awesome this God is, how holy and how righteous he is. That's what the tongue was. It was a powerful word. And you know, you guys, he, we put him in a box and he goes beyond what we could imagine or think. I think as studying Acts, I thought, I have been in repentance of, I put you in thinking this is how you have to move. And you move in such incredible ways beyond what I could imagine or think. So Acts 2, 11, verse 11 there. And then Acts 10, 46 for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So they were speaking in a language they didn't know. 1 Corinthians 14.2 also talks about this. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by their spirit. They're uttering the mysteries of the spirit. You know, Ted and I, I've shared this testimony before. If you're new, you get to hear it for the first time. If you've been to Burning Hearts, you get to hear it again. But this was put to test for us when our son, um, Ander, we just had Annika, and they were 15 months apart, and our house here was flooding in 1997. And we decided to go to the lake to just get a break from the flood. And as we were there, we were going from our cabin to the grill, which is how many feet, like the length of this stage. And Ander, we lost him in that moment. He was 16 months old or something like that at the time, 17 months. And we found him floating in the lake where the ice had just gone off. And he was unresponsive. He was just, um, what is it called? Hypothermic. Yeah. And so we brought him to the hospital. And um, we decided we could rush faster than 911. And in that time, all we could do was pray in tongues. We had no other prayers except tongues. We just couldn't pray any other way. And we just prayed in tongues. And he was still unresponsive when we got there. It took about an hour for him to warm up. And then he began to run around the ER pushing all the buttons. And we went into the car after that. And this kid had not spoken to us. You know, he had just said, Mama, maybe. I mean, he was just not a talker. <laughs> Amazing. Anyone who knows Andrew, he wasn't a talker. Anyway, <laughs> and so um, we went in the car. And I said, Andrew, Jesus had to hold you up because in the ER, the doctor kept saying, why was he floating? They never float. They always sink to the bottom. We're like, he was floating like he was on his back and his head was up. He was floating. He goes, no, they don't float. They always sink. You got he said he had to have sunk. We said, no, he was floating on his back. And we sat and argued with the ER doc. He was floating. And we asked him, did Jesus hold you up? And he goes, yes, Jesus did. 
And then he didn't talk again until he was three years old. But Jesus held him up. And you guys, all I know is it was a language and a prayer. I didn't know how to pray anything else. I didn't know what else to do. And I know that Bill Hammond wrote a book on 70 reasons to pray in tongues. I don't know all 70 of them. <laughs> but scripturally, there are 70. But I knew that day that that one was all I knew to do was just pray in the spirit because I didn't know what else to do. So we've received Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, and Megan had this incredible invitation. If you received him for the first time today, we want to pray with you at prayer time, at altar time. But um, in Passover, we talked about salvation. That's Christ brought the salvation of Jesus Christ. And we received him you know, as the tabernacle, we have that assurance. I mean, we have the assurance that we're spending eternity with him. For some reason, salvation and that tabernacle, that assurance of spending eternity with him are things we really grasp. But the Pentecost, have we received that? Have we received the power from on high? Have we received that filling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? So how do we receive it? I was kind of just contemplating this. And I know on our website, we have... Um, things about Holy Spirit, you can go see. It talks about the person of the Holy Spirit, and then it'll go into baptism of the Holy Spirit and some of these ideas. But how we receive the Holy Spirit is we need to desire it. You know, I've seen people who've just desired to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and God meets them in power. In 1 Corinthians 14.1, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. We need to eagerly desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit in all of the gifts. I want to walk in all the gifts. I don't want to walk just in speaking in tongues. I want to walk in them all. We need to get rid of fear and sin. Because what are the gifts for? They're for edifying, edifying the body of Christ. The gifts are for that the world would know him. Why do we step into these gifts? Is that people would get saved. That they would know who he is that we could speak discerning words because all of a sudden we discern something. Oh my word, there's a spirit of suicide on that person. Let's pray for him. Let me talk to him. Oh man, whatever it is, there's a prophetic word. I feel this encouraging word to share with my coworker that can change their life. You guys, we carry the power and the presence of Jesus to see nations saved. We carry the power and presence of Jesus to see the one in front of us saved. So we need to get rid of fear and sin. You know, it said in there that they repented and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, it says in Acts. In 2 Timothy, it says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We need to get rid of fear, get rid of sin in our lives and just say, God, I wanna be an open vessel to receive you. We need to trust that God eagerly desires to give you the Holy Spirit. He does. <laughs> he eagerly desires for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door is open. Do we eagerly desire it? Just like in Luke 11, he says. That whole receiving, too. When we need to posture ourselves and say, hey, I really believe this is real, and I'm going to receive from you. In Matthew 7, he's, that same verse that's said in Luke 11, says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door is opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give you a stone? stone? Or if one asks for a fish, will give them a snake? If you then, 
Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more your Father in heaven gives good gifts to those who ask him. He has good gifts for you. These are from him. And then we thank God for what he's doing and we receive the Holy Spirit. It's by faith. It's not anything we can do. It's all by faith. We just receive it. And now Ted talks about how so much of it was in his head and once it just sunk in his heart and just received, it changed everything when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans 1.17, the righteous will live by faith. We are the righteous. We're gonna live by faith. And then again and again in Acts, I just read scriptures about having someone lay hands on you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. But I want us to stand up and we're gonna just pray the Holy Spirit come. And I'd ask that um, our prayer team come forward, our discipleship school students, all of you who are on prayer team, come on up. We'd like you to pray with people today. And... Um, You know, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, let's just say more, Lord. I wanna just, let's eagerly desire all the gifts. It's for the edification of the body. It's to see others come to know Christ. It's for us to be filled so that nations would know him. It's for us to be filled so that we can see a city changed. Mm. Thank you, Father. God, right now, we just say yes to you. We say yes to what you're doing. Or we just get rid of any fears that we might have that we hold on to. You said it's for all and for all to come. And we're in that all to come. We're in that generation that's here now. And God, we thank you for what you did. We thank you for how you moved so mightily in Acts. And then again and again and again in Acts. And you poured out your spirit and thousands came to know you. 5,000 were added to the church. Daily, people were at it just because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And God, I ask that you touch us fresh today. God, we eagerly desire to receive this from you. And if there's anything, any roadblocks in our lives, I just ask God that you just, we see them and say, Lord, just take them. Take any roadblocks of fear, of anxiety, of sin, Lord. We just ask, just purify our hearts. Just take them away. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just say by faith, we just receive. Come, Holy Spirit, just come and move in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Just as easy as it is in Passover to receive salvation, to know that we are in eternity with you. It's that easy to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.